You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 7, as the New York Rangers defeated the Seattle Kraken... And Fox gets an extension. I work a ton of hours today, uh, and I am just exhausted. But I come home to one of the better news stories that I've gotten from the New York Rangers in a while, and that's a signing that I'm very happy about, that I'm excited about. I think it's well deserved, and I think it's uh, you know I think it's a sign for good things to come, Andy. So how, how are you doing? Doing good, like much like you, I was uh, definitely pleasantly caught off guard by the news. Um, it obviously you could tell the writing was on kind of on the wall with Makar and uh, McAvoy, you know, coming to terms with their teams. So, and Fox unsurprisingly kind of comes in right between those two uh, with uh, you know seven years at nine point five per, and yeah, pleasantly surprised again. I uh, Drury. The Rangers usually run a very quiet ship, but I feel like even Drury, maybe even a little bit more so than Gorton, is likes to move in the shadows. So, yeah, uh, clearly they've been hammering away on this. They get it done. They have the press conference already. Adam Fox is grinning ear to ear as he signs it uh, after their their uh, practice today in Vancouver before their tilt uh, as we record this on a uh, Monday night. And, yeah, obviously just pleasantly surprised you know, usually when you they're signings, your first initial reaction is is this an overpayment? Is this an underpayment? Uh, and then it's you know, will this contract age well? And I think with locking up, you know, our number one defenseman, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, a guy who looks even better this year than he lost la- looked last year when he won the Norris, uh, it's a no brainer. It just ha- he's. Even at 9.5, he's underpaid because I think you know and I know and Rangers fans who are listening to this know that this guy is the best defenseman in the league. Don't at me. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Right now, he is the gold standard defenseman in the league. And he's only 23 years old and he's scarily is getting better. So this is a no-brainer. Lock him up. He probably could have asked for 10 if he wanted it and the Rangers would have should and would have had to give it to him. He didn't, you know, did he didn't cut him too much slack, but at the same time, it's, I mean, again, it's the easiest decision you'd ever have to make. And 
it's so funny because you you look online and Rangers social media is never in agreement of anything. Everyone else is like win, win, steal, underpaid, LOL, you know. So, uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised, well-deserved by Adam Fox and so stoked to see uh, this kid play for the Rangers for another seven years. Yeah, I'm ecstatic. I mean, is it even possible to overpay the best defenseman in the league? Like, I, I, I understand, you know, there are concerns with, you know, you know, throwing your eggs in, in the same basket, right? You know, you, you don't want to overpay and bring in a player like Carlson. But we have Fox entering his prime. He's getting better. It's not like he's ever regressed. He just won the Norris last year. He was on an ELC making less than a million dollars. You knew you had to pay him. He's the best defenseman in the league. You get him for under $10 million. You get him for seven years. And, you know, there's not, there's, not many, like, there's not many deals that you can actually say, well, that's worth every single penny. And we have two on our team, right? We have, so far, Artemi Panarin and uh, Adam Fox are really our two biggest contracts on this team. And you could say they're probably worth every single penny. And, you know, again... It's 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 not like he's just a defenseman and he's there's you know one dimension to his game. He's on you know he's on the ice for every goal for. He's an unbelievable passer. He sets up so many scoring opportunities and he's actually a very good defender and and can shut down and be that kind of defenseman when he wants to be. But you know again I to be honest Andy uh, I, you know I didn't I didn't even tell you this though. I actually unfollowed New York Ranger discussion on Instagram because he had this thing today. Uh, And you know what? Listen, Andy, I I appreciate his effort, right? I appreciate the graphics he makes. You know, you know, he's way way more talented than I am. Not as talented as you, but you know, he does a lot of like fun things, right? But they're they're unbelievable. Like today, I had to unfollow it because he had this like missing report last scene and it would have been fun if it made sense but he was going after players that didn't deserve to be going at like gone after and one of the players was truba like we finally have truba playing the best hockey he's ever played in a new york rangers uniform and you're gonna call this guy the biggest turnover machine in the league get lost i i, I just couldn't and it, i was getting aggravated but you know I, I can't imagine what he thinks about the fox signing he probably thinks he could have gotten for three million here so, uh, yeah, you know, I'm ecstatic and, you know, it just comes down to the fact that, you know, he's the best defenseman in the league and you're going to have to pay him like so. That's just the nature of the business. Now, if you want to say Truba's overpaid for what he's done so far, I, I can get on board with that. I don't think there's not a single Ranger fan or, you know, a hockey fan that would uh, say any different. And, you know, it is what it is. We have a couple bad contracts on our, on our roster right now. Yeah, welcome to the NHL. You can find that on every single roster, right? So, you know, Andy, it, it kind of, you know, leads to the question, you know, where do the Rangers go from here with, you know, all this young talent still coming up that needs to get paid with these other contracts that we have that are, you know, well, maybe awful. Yeah, it's funny because in a lot of ways, Kako and Lafreniere are struggling right now. Maybe not exactly the worst <laughs> thing in the world or at least struggling to or taking the the scenic route into to coming to their own in the league because uh, right now we do not have the capital to pay them as such. Like you said, we have some other ticket players on big tickets, some right paid rightfully so, some uh, a little overpaid. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, money's going to be tight here, but the Rangers at least have certainty with their core. And listen, I you do figure at some point a player is going to get traded or bought out or packaged with a, a high pick to get their contract off the books. Uh, you know, like you said, it you look at the how much money the Rangers have and you look at the long term prospects of you know now with Fox signed and you look at Jacob Truba and all of a sudden you're like oh well maybe now I know why maybe they didn't give him the C you know how money's going to be tight and who knows if or when he'll if he'll be a ranger for you know in the next uh, two or three years we don't know you know but there's a lot of more moving parts to it and I think most general managers kind of just they they take it day by day because you're trying to build a contender and a winner and you know you have to pay to get what you want and obviously you try to get some sh- shrewd findings here and there but you, you bet on the right guys and you try to you cut your losses and you know let the guys walk who you don't think are gonna end up burning you the most or if you think you can upgrade that position or replace you know from your prospect pipeline or from a shrewd pickup and um yeah so that's kind of the nature of the game and we'll see here uh the Rangers definitely, like I said, don't have in terms of how much capital they're going to have available to them and the amount of players they have to sign. You know, obviously, they're not going to resign all of, you know, a Julian Gauthier or long term or uh, um, hell, even maybe you look at they have a lot of good young defensemen. They could definitely trade one of them just because they're like, we cannot afford to hand out all these. Con- we need kind of more a little bit more cap certainty. But, you know, again, I'm not too concerned because that's every t- when you're trying to win you're you do what you got to do and teams have to make hard sacrifices so uh it is what it is and we'll keep monitoring it on this podcast and as time goes on uh but yeah i think obviously with fox locked up and panarin locked up and Kreider locked up and truba locked up and Shostarkin locked up and uh lindgren were locked up and you know i use the term locked up loosely and then panarin locked up you know, you now look at the kids and they're not all going to be on this team going forward. They might, some might have to get moved for, you know, cheaper prospects or, you know, we saw that everyone hated the Buchnevich deal at the time, but Blay is looking like he's at least fitting the identity of what this team wants really well. Uh, he's got more points than Buchnevich right now, I believe, you know, who is, looks like he kind of got off to a weird start. I think he's playing on the third line in St. Louis, which is weird, but, you know, he also might be acting out he headbutted someone who was mad about getting traded from new york i get it i get it but um yeah uh so yeah I, I, like i said it's just uh moves will probably have to be made in the future but let's not worry about that today which you know yes that gets you in trouble down the line but when you're going for it you're you're going for it so you just hope uh that chris drury is shrewd and smart enough to you know know which battles which which hills to die on and which uh you know he he definitely likes cost certainty that's for sure yeah, and it's like, yeah, and you know, not to say that, oh man, I'm mumbling over my words right now. But, You're tired. It's okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I am beat. But I, I have to say this, you know, the roster that the Rangers have now, it's pretty like set, you know, like in terms of like maybe bringing in like another big time player. You're gonna have to shuffle around some of the other contracts and 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 burn one. So. You know, if the roster stays basically the same, right, and they're able to sign the Cacos and the Lafreniers for the next, like, you know, few seasons, and I, I would imagine, even like if there's a player 
even like a Filipino, right? If he's not part of a trade, which I probably think he would be, a guy like that is probably going to sign like another bridge because why wouldn't you want to be a part of the New York Rangers team, right? We're making the playoffs and winning a few rounds. I have a feeling that a guy like Kittle or, or even Strom, you know, if he wants to stay playing with Panarin and Panarin kind of pushes for it, they might like, you know, signed a very, you know, uh, organization uh, friendly contract just to be here and be part of a winning culture. And I think that's important. Whereas, you know, if the Rangers really weren't in contention, you'd see those guys say, you know what, see you later. I'm going to go get paid. But there's, you know, there's more to this right now. You know, it's, it's you know, how badly do these players want to be a part of this organization moving forward with all the, you know, the good things that are happening. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't pay everyone a ton of money. That's just not realistic. But, you know, for the production that you're getting, even from the Cacos and Lafreniere's, you know, those guys right now are not deserving of an $8 million contract. They're not really even deserving of a $6.5 million contract. So um, I would imagine that, especially Kako, since he's a, a an RFA going into next season, you know, he's going to sign a, probably a shorter term deal. That's probably pretty friendly to the New York Rangers, knowing that he's going to have to bet on himself if he really wants, you know, a contract that you know parallels something like Chris Kreider. So uh, you know, again, there's so many moving parts to this that you can't really predict the future. Uh, you know, everything could change tomorrow with the Jack Eichel trade or or something like not that the Rangers are going after Jack Eichel anymore, but you know what I'm saying? There's there's so many different moves that the Rangers could make given their asset pool and you know the players that are on currently their roster. So again, Andy, I, I think we shouldn't really look into this, uh, other than Fox got paid. He deserves it. He's still one of one of the top two defensemen in the league right now. You can argue uh, that he's the best. Uh, anything less than that is a non-argument. So, you know, I, I think the Rangers fans should just be happy that they locked Adam Fox to a very friendly contract. Uh, and we have the best defenseman in the league for seven years. So be excited. Yeah, well said. Uh, I'm sure is hell excited. I, and again, I don't know why Rangers fans are... Just fans in general wouldn't be because uh, we saw after, as we transitioned to talk about the game last night, you can argue that was a game the New York Rangers probably should have lost. But again, they have Shostarkin locked up and he is continues his brilliant play of the season. And all it takes is one give and go between Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin uh, to put the Rangers ahead and pretty much cement the win against a hardworking but ultimately lacking uh, high-end skill Kraken team who basically just ran around the Rangers uh, for the, the final two periods of the game. But again, that's why, uh, I forget who said it, you know, I think it was someone online said, you know, that's right why you hire, or excuse me, hire, that's why you sign players like Panarin and Fox because you can literally get your, uh, you know, just caved in for... 40 minutes and then they can string together one or two passes on one play and the complexion of the game changes completely just because they're game breaking talent they can do that so uh yeah glad to have adam fox because without uh, players like fox or panarin for that matter or igor shesterkin this team would kind of be where they've been the last few seasons where instead of finding ways to win they would basically just be losing and giving up goals and not you know just not finding ways to break through so uh definitely was happy with that um 
James, what were your takeaways from the Rangers game with uh, the Kraken last night? Well, I had to get up really early, so I only got to watch the first two periods. I went to sleep after the second. I kind of texted you, and I was like, Andy, I'm a little worried, right? My feelings right now with this team are a little jackal and hide. They're winning hockey games, but I feel like we're relying on our goalie a little too much. And I'm talking myself through it today and justifying that the Rangers had to take a flight, go out west. It's Halloween. There's a lot of buzz in the city, buzz in the, in the building. It's the first time playing in Seattle. A lot of distractions. Uh, you know, and, and you're playing a team that you know, kind of has a chip on their shoulder, right? You know, they, everyone's comparing them to Vegas. And then, you know, it's like, well, if they don't live up to that expectations, uh, they stink. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Seattle. And I give them a lot of credit because they work really hard. I just don't think they're there yet for a team that can compete for a playoff spot. Um, anything could happen. I mean, in this league is, you know, crazy sometimes. So I'm not writing them off completely. I mean, they do have my favorite player that's a non-ranger in Jaden Schwartz, and he had an assist last night. You know, it's just, you know, they have a lot of role players, and when you have that, you can find ways to win. And, you know, they did everything except put the puck in last night. And, you know, looking at the Rangers, you know, it was a good road win, right? They got two points. That's the ultimate goal. But, Andy, I have to ask you, I know you kind of like talked me off the ledge with just one comment basically saying like, well, they didn't start the game that way. So that's a plus. Um, do you find that they're kind of relying on Igor a little bit too much? I mean, listen, he, they definitely did in that second period. Uh, and how was the more, third? The third was better. It was a little bit mixed. The Rangers started kind of started. It started more like the first period, but then the Rangers took to, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, kept taking too many men penalties. So, oh, God. yeah. So, which is a um, almost like a, a ghost of Christmas past with from the David Quinn tenure here. Aren't they? Hell, even Elaine Vigneault, uh, where the Rangers fans are no uh, stranger to too many men penalties. Um, but you know, it was definitely they knew they weren't good enough, and they clearly came out and were at least ready. It was definitely more 50-50. I think the Rangers won the first period, although Seattle turned it on right towards the tail end of that period. The second period was all Seattle uh, between taking dumb penalties and just turning the puck over. And it was it's a simple adjustment. They even talked about it, it with uh, Valaket Lundqvist and um, uh, John Giannone in the intermission report is that it's just about being settled and just making good decisions and just moving the puck quickly. And it sounds simple. It's hard, obviously, when you have a, you know, a, 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 a navy blue and teal jersey bearing down on you. But they were able to do it in the first, and they got back to it in the third, and they looked okay. So it was fine. But obviously, Igor had to be insane in that uh, that second period. And then even the third period, there's a few times where they would start their breakout, and then they wouldn't get a puck out. They'd think they were chipping it out, and it would get batted down, and literally get batted to a to a, a Kraken player right in front of Igor and Igor just has to literally stare him down, play of, you know, play chicken for the moment and make a point blank save, but he's Igor and he's been amazing this year. So he does it, keeps them in it. And the only goal that beats him is the, at least from the Kraken perspective is that ridiculous Jordan Eberle backhand that goes through Truba's legs. So he's almost like screen, screening Shesterkin. So it's not like he has any chance to read the release or what's going on. So 
you have no chance. That's just one of those goals where you just kind of shake your head and chuckle and be like, oh man, oh man. But uh, Igor was un- looking unbeatable again, and he had some excellent point blank saves again, which he probably shouldn't have had to make. Uh, that's the thing, because at times this season, even when the Rangers have been hemmed in, they've done a good job being in good position and protecting the house. And even though it's like they might get stuck in their own end, they keep it to the outside and none of the Igor sees his shots. And it's not really a big deal, right? But they get themselves in trouble when they try to break out the ice and they turn the puck over in their own end because they just can't. They're not being careful with it. So uh, that's the thing, I think. That's kind of like seems to be the last piece of the puzzle for them is that their game management has gotten much better, as we've seen. Their defense has remained as robust, if not maybe a little bit more robust. Their penalty kill has been excellent. But they, yes, they has, they've had trouble just breaking the puck out. And listen, I don't think it helped having putting Jared Tenorti in there. I don't know why he was playing. I understand they maybe don't think Nils is as ready yet, or maybe they want to get him a game in the press box or what the deal is. But, you know, Tenorti and Nemeth together both handle that puck like it's a grenade, you know? So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but listen, the rookies were definitely guilty of that. I saw Kako try to flip pucks out a few times and just not getting it high enough and just lazy clears from a few different players. Panarin had a few turnovers in, in inside of his own zone when he's trying to dipsy doodle like he always does. And yeah, that you're, that stuff bites you. So, but ultimately, I don't know. It just doesn't, it, it's weird, James, because it's like, obviously, I've, being a Rangers fan as long as I've been a Rangers fan, there have been team, Rangers teams where, they get thoroughly outplayed, and then I'm like, oh, no, like, this is unsustainable. They won a game they weren't supposed to win off of a fluky dump bounce. I think this is a little bit different, though. It feels like they're not panicking. It feels like they have confidence, even though they're in that position, if that makes any sense. And it also feels like they are capable of actually getting putting the plays together and, and getting the W, and that's what it feels like. It feels different, and... You can't really quantify that. At the end of the day, you look at the underlying metrics and says, wow, the Rangers deserved to, on paper, lose this game. But my gut just kind of tells me it's like they didn't think they were going to lose. <laughs> and, and that keeps happening. They, they, they're like, Igor kept us in this. And yeah, we weren't good, but we, we kind of weathered the storm and we just strung that play together. And they do it. So again, without Igor, the, all the, this confidence is probably misplaced and doesn't happen. But he's there. and. They're kind of playing the game that's in front of them, and they end up winning again. So, and again, they, they being in the metro, they need it because every team is above five hundred, and uh, no one wants to lose in this division. It's frustrating, but uh, this road trip is really important for the Rangers because they've had two big road trips to start off their season. You know, they've only played what three games at home, and the majority of them have been in the road. So, if you can get through this first chunk of the season early by banking not only points but road points that's huge because then your your schedule gets more favorable down down the line so and they're going to play after they play vancouver they play uh two very good teams in this the uh, oilers and (laughs) the calgary flames who are just murking everyone right now back to back so i'm not overthinking this one too much Yes, it could in uh, it could seem like it's a harbinger for they're in for a bad time if they think this is how they're going to play. But if you look at the the post game press conference, Gerard Gallant was pissed, <laughs> and especially to see Turk pissed for a victory was very uh, yeah, it was kind of telling. So I think the message will be in his uh, special way will be sent and delivered, and that this is you're playing with fire, and this is not how you're going to win. But you know he's he's 
seems to has so far has seemed masterful about str- you know straying the line of this is the expectations, but it's not so much like a carrot or the stick type thing. It's just that this is the reality: is that you guys have a special group here, and you don't you're going to squander it if you do it like that. So uh, ultimately, I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not worried either. Again, last year I feel like they lose that game, no doubt. And you know, if you look at this game they have coming up against Vancouver, I kind of feel like this could be a game where the Rangers come out, prove coach wrong, show a 60-minute effort and get two points and easily walk away with the win. The reason I say that is because if you just go back to just last week, New York Rangers laid an egg against the Calgary Flames at home. They got totally outplayed. They hung in the game in the beginning, and then the floodgates kind of opened, and they kind of got blown out. And I feel like I had that same feeling with this game, where the Rangers were totally outplayed. It was unacceptable. They got two points because it was a lesser team, but the Rangers really need to right the ship here. And I think it's better that it's a quicker turnaround on the road. You play Vancouver, who, again, is a team that, is it's not like they're incapable of winning hockey games. You just don't know what they have. They've been very inconsistent. They have some top talent, and they, you know, you know, they are a team that, you know, I, well, I guess last year really doesn't count, but you know, they were like a playoff team, and you know, they're looking to get back on track. I know they had some changes over their roster the past couple of years that maybe some people would scratch their head at, but you know, they're a very competitive team, but. The Rangers, I feel like they're a good matchup against them. And I think, you know, we're, we are Vegas, you know, favorites going into this game. So I, I would imagine the Rangers come out and you get like an effort like you've seen against the Columbus Blue Jackets because, you know, why, why wouldn't they? You know, they do seem to respond to Gallant, and I think that's important. And, you know, again, you're not going to have it every single night. It's just it, the season is too long. It's too grueling. And, you know, every team in the NHL is capable of beating anybody on any given night. So the Rangers are going to have bad losses. They're going to have bad wins, like you just saw. But the problem is you need to see bounce back, you need to see consistency, and you need to be able to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And for me, Vancouver is on that list. Now, for me, Andy, a, a goal of mine would be to beat Vancouver and just steal one point from Edmonton, Calgary. I know that's like kind of leaving into the road trip slightly above 500 in terms of uh, points percentage, I guess you would say. But I really do think it's important to get a win against Vancouver. You have a couple days to regroup for a back-to-back against Edmonton and Calgary, and that'll be a very, very big test. So I want to go into those two games with four points out of the first two road games, which would have been I would have signed up for immediately, obviously. Uh, and then just steal a point. Just get to overtime against one of these teams, please. And then, you know, you come home against Florida. That'll be a huge battle. And then you got four days off and you play Columbus again. Not that Columbus is uh, not going to be seeking revenge, but I feel like that four days, kind of regroup, rest, and then, you know, come back swing because you got a game every other day uh, for the next week. So. It's really important that the Rangers, you know, take care of business against the, the here. Yeah, uh, you're bang on with that. And like you said, it's just being realistic. And uh, the Rangers, as we record this, are in third in the Metro. The teams 
that is directly in front of them in the Washington Capitals is currently playing the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They are tied one apiece in the second period. So we'll see. Hopefully Tampa can do the Rangers a solid and help them. Uh, Beat them you know, in regulation, them. please. But yeah, please. In regulation. And of course, you know, even team, when teams have been losing, like the Islanders the other night to Nashville, they, they lose in a shootout. So they only get the one point. But uh, yeah, these teams can get the memo, although it does seem like some of the Metro teams are finally reality setting in, like Pittsburgh and, uh, um, you know, like even Columbus to a, a lesser extent, despite where they, they fall. So, uh, but yeah, you got to keep winning. <laughs> it, it's it's it's, uh, it's so sickening. frustrating and maddening. <laughs> yeah. But I got to say, it's kind of low key fun being in this race. And at least for the time being, being uh, feeling like one of the teams that's more in the driver's seat, you know, and it's kind of, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where. Yes, this team hasn't been played had complete efforts but this is where they're at without complete efforts and it hasn't all been Georgiev excuse me uh, Shesterkin because there has been a lot of it has been there they've been much better defending and their PK has been good and they're not giving up much in the middle and yes obviously they've had two games where it was literally uh, stolen wins by just dark at highway robbery. But, you know, some of those other games where they were in or they won or at least got points out of was because they were defending better and they just were good enough to stick in there. So when they're filing, when Zabanajad finally wakes up and Panarin seems like he's starting to wake up and, you know, the points are flowing for him now. And, uh, yeah, when the, the kids find some more consistency and when that fourth line can maybe chop some, some greasy ones there. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you have something with this group that's winning anyway and finding ways to win. So that's how I, I, you know, me, I'm Mr. Glass Half Fall. That's how I'm looking at it because this is a season for positivity. Because uh, again, when it's playoffs or bust, you have to be positive or else it's, uh, yeah, you're not looking at a nice reality. So uh, I'm choosing to be positive in this one. And yeah, hopefully they can, you know, hopefully they can, uh, I just reward my my blind faith with some good efforts, you know? Right. And, you know, I'm with you. I'm going to be positive, but I'm not going to lie. I'm look, there's the panic button sitting right in front of me, and I'm looking at it. Oh, and, I, I hear you. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Anything, anything can happen, James. I mean, you know, we, New York City, I, I heard they've, it's been renamed, uh, you know, it's uh, Mike White City, you know? This is, New York is Mike White country now. It, it, because anything un- can anything can happen in in the city of dreams, and uh, uh, you know, speaking of anything can happen, NFL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, like your New York Jets defeating uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in shocking comeback fashion, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner 
of the National Football League. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. So like I was saying, James, uh, anything can happen in New York City. The Knicks are off to an excellent start. They're uh, playing... Oh, are they playing the, uh, the Raptors tonight? No, is it the Raptors? I yeah, I think they're I playing Toronto. They're no. currently up 41 to 28 in the Raptors in the second quarter. Still a lot of game left, but you know the Knicks believe, and I think the Rangers have that same belief. I was kind of talking with a friend about that today. Is that you have groups that, you know, they especially after seasons on the outside that you have. Uh, it seems like you have just big big culture shifts in both organizations. And I mean, like I was just alluding to when we spoke about how the Rangers have been closing out games. Uh, I keep hearing seeing people complain about Barkley Goodrow, but what happens when the Rangers are ready to close out the game? Turk puts him out there every other shift when they're sitting on a lead and he gets the empty net goal and he makes all the stops and he clears the puck and he's the closer. I've been calling him uh, the late game assassin. Uh, or we can call him the closer, Barkley, the closer, Goodrow. And yes, you could argue he's overpaid, but he you get results. And we talked about early about Chris Drury is a guy who play, pays likes cost certainty. He's like, I know I'm paying him a lot, but I'm getting results from him. So, you know, it's, you know, obviously you wish you could have a player like that a little bit less, but he's certain he's got that guy now. He's got that guy and Turk's got that guy in his pocket and that's how they've been using him. And, you know, he's stashed with uh, playing the first line. So Laugh can get some maybe a little bit more room to create on the third. And that's been better for him with Blay and Heedle. And he's like, I can take this guy up and down my lineup. I can put him on my first line. And is he a first line offensive talent? No, he is not. But is he going to get scored on by the other team if he's on my first line? No, he's not. And that's, again, there's a, just the whole mindset shift in this team is kind of wild that even... When they don't look good, it just it's it, it's weirdly it seems like it's not not only is it weirdly working out, it's just it seems like it's working out the way it's the, almost it, sometimes it feels like this is the way it was drawn up, which is very weird. But it just doesn't feel like it's felt in the past with these Rangers teams where sometimes they would Lundqvist would stand on their head and they would like fart a goal off someone's butt or some Rick Nash's butt. And they'd be like, oh, my God, they won. What a comeback. And it's like they did not deserve to win this game. But it doesn't really feel like that. It kind of feels a little different to me. So I don't know. But that could just be me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, you know, again, it's 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 one of those things where you got to look at the Rangers and what they're able to accomplish in individual games, right? And last night wasn't their best game, but they got the job done. Their eventual, their skill and star players performed and got a late goal in the third period and were able to capitalize and, and get two points out of it. So, you know, it is what it is. Like you're not going to go out and beat every team for nothing. Like you did against the Columbus blue Jackets. There's going to be ugly wins, but like I said, it's really just important. And it comes down to, you know, is there growth? Do we look better? Can we bounce back from that? And these are all the questions that, you know, obviously we can't answer right now. We'll find out tomorrow night against, you know, the Vancouver Canucks. I would imagine Andy, this is kind of the last thing I want to touch on. I would imagine the goaltending will go Georgie tomorrow night, uh, and then Igor, Georgie, Igor uh, to finish out the Florida game back at home. 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, again, I've Galan has really surprised me with his goaltending decisions <laughs> so, thus far. So maybe I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, either continues to ride the hot hand. But again, you're going to have to Igor. You can't just run him into the ground. Uh, or you're going to run into a situation like Toronto was in with Freddie Anderson a couple seasons ago where he was great, but they literally just played him too much. So when the postseason came, he was the tank was he was running on fumes. So um, but again, Igor might just be one. He's a young and he's hungry and he wants to play and he's in, clearly locked in. So, yeah, I think. I think uh, your breakdown was what I would do. But again, it, Turk is Turk, so we don't know what he's going to do. But uh, that would be smart. And. uh yeah, I, again, Georgiev is going to is kind of right. It feels like he's the yeah, not the elephant in the room, but it's like clearly it's just the, his performances. Although you know the Rangers do win his last game, uh, it's yeah. I think that's kind of like every the Rangers fans are kind of afraid to acknowledge it. Oh shit! At some point, you know, Shosturkin's <laughs> not going to be in the net. It's going to be Georgiev, and will they? Can, are, can the Rangers afford to be as undisciplined at times or have as many turnovers or, you know, whatever. But uh, I have faith, you know, he's been good in the past and I think I think he can rise to the occasion. And Kincaid has been doing excellent for Hartford. So he's a guy who, we might, if, you know, maybe it doesn't go well, we could see him called up at some point. But yeah, again, glass half full is how I'm choosing to, to look at the seasons. Although that's how I kind of look at every season, but let's not talk about that. So, yeah, I have faith, and that's what I would do. But uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I, the Rangers are practiced. They literally just practiced like an hour ago. So I wonder if they asked uh, Gallant. But again, he says he usually says you'll find out on, you know, tomorrow night or whatever. So uh, I don't see it anywhere. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.